Before we get to that ear candy that is in the bullpen with Mark Dewey, the new baseball podcast on the Fight Laugh Feast Network, if you're a Fight Laugh Feast Club member, first I want you to take your right hand, place it over your left shoulder, and pat yourself on the back. Yes, this show is happening because of you deciding to become a Fight Laugh Feast Club member and helping us build rowdy Christian media. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The second thing I want you to do is you should already be on the Fight Laugh Feast app. If you're not on the Fight Laugh Feast app, you will not get the rest of the shows with Mark Dewey. We are going to drop three shows on the iTunes thingamabobber. And then after that, if you want to listen to Mark Dewey in the bullpen with Mark Dewey every week, you're going to have to have the Fight Laugh Feast app. So these three shows are just a taste for you to get the Fight Laugh Feast app. Come, come, remember. Oh, shameless plug. All right. In the bullpen with Mark Dewey. COVID-19 has shut down baseball, but are data and analytics ruining the game? Whoa, I just threw a fastball up and in, and people are not happy. It looks like the benches are about to clear. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. Let's brawl. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Like most baseball brawls, let's be reasonable. We can do some pushing and shoving. We can walk around with some bravado. We can even trash talk, but let's make sure nobody gets hurt. Speaking of trash talking, how about this? Hawkeye. Trackman, Rapsodo, Edgertronic, Blast, Hit Tracks, Launch Angle, Exit Velocity, Induced Vertical Movement, Spin Rate, Spin Direction, Spin Axis, Spin Efficiency, UZR, WOBA, FIP, XFIP. Now, depending upon which bench you're coming from, you're either smiling and saying, you've just scratched the surface, keep going, or you're saying, Spin Rate, Spin Direction, Spin Axis, Spin Efficiency? Are you kidding me? The only thing that's going on right now is my head is spinning. Well, let's see if we can have this little bit of a brawl and uh, not get anybody hurt and see if we can stop some heads from spinning. Data and analytics are a huge part of baseball in our day. And we have to understand, and I think most of us do, that they're not new. Data and analytics have been around for as long as the game has been. But we have far more availability with technology and with the people that are spending hours upon hours, really smart people crunching numbers and developing al algorithms and the like, that data and analytics are our forefront in the game today. And the reactions vary from a, a, a polar opposite of complete disdain to it's the best thing that's ever happened to the game. Now, a former pitcher that had no issues throwing up and in in his Hall of Fame career has stopped pitching, but he has not stopped bringing the heat. He has verbally expressed in multiple places over multiple years his disdain for what's going on. And some of you may know who I'm talking about, which is Goots Gossage. Recently, he said this, I don't even recognize this game that they're playing. I really don't. You get paid all this money for doing less, for doing half. These stat-driven workouts are all eyewash. It's like the Democrats are running baseball. They're trying to control something that is uncontrollable, and they're taking all the beauty out of the game. 
As I mentioned, Goose has been at no loss of words. He's been at a loss of some of the words that can actually be put on the air, but no loss of words about how much he hates what's going on. And it might be easy to say, ah, he's just one of those old-timers, old-school guys. Uh, he's afraid of change. He's got to get with it. And I suppose that could be true. Uh, but what I know is that you probably wouldn't say that to his face if you were in the room with him. But that's an easy way to dismiss what he's saying without taking it seriously. And I think we need to take it seriously. Something else he said that I really think needs to be considered is he said, we'll see if it lasts and survives the test of time like the old game did. Now, somebody who just got done playing a couple of years ago recently did an interview for the Los Angeles Times, and though maybe not quite as strong as Goose, pretty close, Andre Ethier said this, How much should you allow front offices to really be able to keep manipulating and changing the game? There's only so much they can get out of this analytical data that a human baseball player can actually go out and execute. What does it lead to next? Well, these guys in these front offices have to keep justifying themselves by bringing something else to the table. Those are some pretty strong words, and I do not want to put words in Ethier's mouth, but as I read those words, I hear him saying this, we're getting more data and analytics to justify data and analytics, or maybe to justify people keeping their jobs. Now, those are two quotes from the extreme end of things, from people that are obviously not happy with what's going on, and very readily will express their disdain for what's going on as it regards data and analytics. But I want to temper things a little bit. I want to go to two people that have both been in the game for a long time, and in that sense you could say they're old school, but two people who have had uh, tremendous success embracing and using data and analytics. One a manager and another a pitching coach. Joe Madden is the manager. He began his managerial career with the Rays. It was very important in Tampa. He has taken it with him wherever he has gone, and he has been one who has embraced it, who has used it, who has been considered by media and the public as a, an outside-the-box thinker, somebody who is really pro-data and analytics. But he has often also offered some words of caution. He said, I think somebody's got to stand up for our game and the way it is and it should be played and what should be tinkered with and what should not. My conclusion is analytics and technology are slightly responsible for putting the game in a position where it's not as attractive to the fans. Again, not the strong statement of a Goose Gossage or an Andre Ethier, but Madden is giving a little bit of a warning. He's drawn a conclusion, and he, he says slightly responsible, but nonetheless he's saying maybe we need to pull back on the reins a little bit. So he's one coming from the managerial perspective, the person coming from a pitching coach perspective is, again, a man that's been around the game for a long time, who has had tremendous success, who has thought outside the box, and that's Brent Strom. Now, I recently bought a book. It just came out. It's called The Arms Race by Ron Wolforth, and it's about pitchers and pitcher development, and he interviews some people, some really good people that have had tremendous success developing pitchers and pitching. And one of the people that he interviews is Brent Strom, and Strom is a good friend with Ron Wolforth. And Stromy, his, in this interview that's printed in the book, he talks about the fact that the things that he's praised about today got him fired in the past. So Stromy was out there on the edge. He was pushing the envelope, so much so that in the past he got fired. Now he's getting praised for all that he has done. So he, too, has embraced data and analytics. He's used it. He's had success with it. He thinks it's been very monumental in how 
pitching development has progressed for the last 10 to 20 years. But he also says that we may have reached the, the tilting point, and we may be losing the art form of teaching our pitching. And he says we do have to get back more to working with our eyes and in believing what our eyes tell us, in particular about the pitcher himself. And I think those are wise words because numbers and even technology, the best technology, can tell us a lot of things, but they can't tell us about the pitcher himself. That's something only a coach can do. And then Strummy says, even with all the technology and all that it's telling us and all the good that it does, he says, I think it's going to bend back slightly. He says, I hope that's what happens anyway, that it bends back slightly. So whether you're on the, the end of it's terrible or just eh, maybe we've gone a little too far, I think that it can be summed up and is summed up quite well by Douglas Jones. He wrote an article in Every Thought Captive back in 2001 titled Reading Baseball. And this is how the article begins. We can read anything in the world from at least two perspectives, that of science and that of poetry. The scientific angle on something has its place, but it can only grasp physical quantities, visible edges, and materialistic efficiencies. It has to strip off all the more uniquely human aspects of life, meanings, symbols, beauty, morality, and spirit. It can't measure those things, so it pretends they don't exist. All the most wonderful things in life look pretty stupid from a scientific angle. Weddings, feasts, worship, kisses, dances, poems, jokes, symphonies, and games make no scientific sense. They are all wasteful and inefficient. They are unnecessarily complicated and intentionally mysterious. Their pattern colors, meaningful sounds, and elegant movements are quite silly and irrelevant if one is seeking a bare scientific list of causes and parts. That is why the modern world is regularly boring. It can only see surfaces and quantities. Baseball is one of those wonderful gifts of life that many can't see because of a modern squint. I think that sums up well Goose's concern about the beauty of the game and Strami's concern and Joe Madden's concern about the people in the game and that maybe things have gone a little bit too far. But to, to give caution, to say even that things have gone too far, is not the same thing as to claim that data and analytics are ruining baseball, though Goose has made that claim. But I want to look at the other side. If you're coming into this brawl from the other bench, the bench that says, no, of course data and analytics are not ruining the game. As a matter of fact, they're improving the game. Or maybe on the extreme end, they're saving the game. Well, before we look at that side of things, I want to say this to those who are more on the side of either complete disdain or some significant caution. I recommend, I highly recommend that you read Brian Kenny's book, Ahead of the Curve. If you're on the sabermetric side, I'm sure you have. But if you're on the other side, you may not have. You need to. He does thorough work. He, he does his homework. He's passionate. He makes you think. He is very humorous at times in this book. And he loves the game of baseball. Now, I prefer, generally speaking, to read books, but over the last few years, I've, I've enjoyed the benefit of listening to them uh, on Audible. And Brian Kenny narrates his own book, and he does a great job. So if you're a guy that likes to listen more than read, uh, he does a great job. But I recommend that book to you. And I think that if you read it and you haven't, no matter where you are, even if you're Goose Gossage, 
you will appreciate the things that he brings out. One of the main emphasis that he gives in that book is against the herd mentality, against the mentality that just does what everybody else is doing. I love that. My favorite person probably since the apostles is Martin Luther, and I'm very grateful that he did not take the herd mentality. And so I think all of us could benefit from what Brian Kenny wrote in that book, Ahead of the Curve. But now let's look at some of the things and some of the reasons, some of the arguments that people coming from the other bench in this brawl would make. And that is that these things are enhancing the game of baseball, both for the players and for the fans, for front office and for player development. Now I want to say this. I mentioned a number of technological uh, pieces of equipment in the introduction. One of them was Hawkeye. This is something that is new. It was used, I think, to some degree last year, but this year it's going to be used whenever the season starts in all Major League ballparks. And I was watching about 30 30 minutes or so of the Sabermetrics conference that took place a couple of weeks ago when they were talking about this. And if it is capable of doing what they say and what they hope it can do, it is absolutely amazing. And I do believe it will enhance the game of baseball and watching the game of baseball. But I've also seen the other pieces of equipment, as well as the people who crunch the numbers and and, and develop the algorithms and all that. I've seen how it can help in the game of baseball. I've seen where it helps in strength and conditioning and in injury prevention, where biomechanical analysis or other types like that can be done and certain deficiencies can be spotted that that the naked eye can't necessarily see and adjustments can be made so that a person is able to move better which makes him a better player, whether you're a position player, a hitter, a pitcher, it doesn't matter, and also decreases the chance of injury. So we get to see players, especially our favorite players, especially the most talented players, hopefully, at least it makes it possible, to be able to perform at a higher level because they move better and also hopefully stay on the field longer. Now, it's no guarantee, obviously. You look at all of the injuries, especially the non-contact injuries in the game. It doesn't guarantee it but it definitely helps move us in that direction, a good direction. These devices are outstanding in helping enhance player development and evaluation. The Edutronic, from a pitching perspective, which is, of course, my background, the Edutronic camera might be the one tool that if you asked a pitching coach, if you could only have one, what would it be? It might be the one tool that most pitching coaches would pick. And it's because you can see high-speed video. I think it's like 1,000 frames per second. I don't know how fast it is exactly, but I've seen it enough to know that you see every detail, the minutest details of the grip, of how the ball comes off the hand, and it can be used to help develop or or perfect, especially a breaking ball, at a much faster rate of speed than simply trial and error, even with the best eyes, and even with the best athlete who's got a kinesthetic awareness of himself that is above most. These things help. It helps evaluate. There are pitchers that with a naked eye, you say, okay, this guy's throwing 90-91, and he's throwing up in the strike zone, let's say at college. Uh, He's he's not going to cut it in pro ball. Or let's say he's been in pro ball, and he's doing it at the high A ball level, and he's getting swings and misses. And you say, well, that won't work at the upper levels. Definitely won't work in the big leagues. Well, that could be true. But with things like TrackMan, we can see certain characteristics which can tell us, you know what, this guy's release extension or this guy's induced vertical movement, even though typically 90-91 doesn't play there, for this guy it might. So you might get a guy that gets drafted that otherwise wouldn't have. 
you might have a guy that gets an opportunity to keep going up the minor league ladder and ultimately to the big leagues that before wouldn't have. Another benefit of data and analytics. I think the front office can make far wiser decisions because they have more information, right? Better questions lead to better answers. More information leads to better questions, which leads to better answers. And from a fan standpoint, I think it has the ability to increase enjoyment, participation in the game, whether you're watching in the stands or on television or or your personal device, our knowledge of the game, and even our interest in the game. Now, for me, if I see Aaron Judge smoke a ball, I say, man, that's a bomb, and it got out in a hurry. But for somebody else, they might thrive on the fact that as he's jogging around the bases, StatCast is saying he hit that ball 117.4 miles an hour. He had an exit velocity, I'm sorry, not an exit velocity, uh, a launch angle of 30 degrees, and it went 467 feet. And for some people, it's like, well, that's cool. And the other thing, and maybe one of my favorite things, if you're just talking about the pure enjoyment of being a fan, is that with all of this information, we are able to start comparing more thoroughly one generation to the other. How is this guy compared to that guy? What about this season to that season? Did that guy deserve to, to, to win the MVP? We can do that, and so it just enhances our ability to debate and argue over things that nobody can ultimately prove one way or the other. Now, I've tried to give both sides, and you might wonder if I'm sitting on a fence. I'm not inclined to sit on fences very often, and I'm not here either. If you want to know what I think, I can sum it up to you in two sentences. First of all, Data and analytics are very valuable, but they're not infallible. They bring a lot to the table, but we have to be careful. We have to make sure that we're not treating them as if they're infallible. And in my experience, at least, I don't see people doing that, at least not in the broad sense. People recognize, even the people that are really smart that that do this all day long for a major league organization, they recognize that there were things that they thought that they had the answer to two or three or five years ago that they realize now, you know what, we were wrong. So I don't think it's happening in the, in the broad sense. But it could happen because it's our nature for it to happen. When you have one of those eureka moments, when you've worked really, really hard at something and everything seems to fall into place, for that time to say, this is it, this is right, this is essentially infall- infallible. Well, back when I got done playing and I was studying theology, I learned something. And it came from a Harvard man. So that gives me some bonus points, I guess. And he said this. John Gershner was the person, by the way. He said, the theology of first glance is often heresy. And I have kept that in mind. It's been well over 20. It's been about 25 years, not only in my study of theology, but in all aspects of life. And I think it's applicable here as well. We have to be very careful about drawing conclusions quickly because in time they may prove to be heresy from a theological standpoint or detrimental from a data and analytics standpoint. So that's my first summary. Data and analytics are very valuable, but they're not infallible. My second is data and analytics are very valuable, but they're not more valuable than the people we're trying to help with data and analytics. It is easy for us to get involved in things, especially if we are more logically, mathematically oriented. If we do a lot with computers or finances, 
and we, 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 we can easily see a human being like a computer program or like a stock market commodity. And that's not what they are. And if we do that, even unintentionally, then what's happening is we're actually saying that all of these numbers and all of this data matters more than you do. And when people say things like, I feel like a lab rat, or I take the field handcuffed, or they think I'm like a PlayStation game, there's a serious problem. Now, somebody might argue, well, they shouldn't feel that way for crying out loud. We're just trying to help them. Uh, Maybe they shouldn't. The question is, why do they? What is it that's making them feel this way? And what do we need to do about it? Sean Doolittle said this, a very accomplished big league closer. You're commodified, and it's tough to complain about that. I'm really lucky to be able to play this game and get paid well to do it. But at the same time, I don't think it's good for the game when players, human beings, are broken down and reduced to numbers and ratios and percentages. So he's saying what Bob Seeger sang about 50 years ago. He doesn't like to feel like a number. Now, I think it's fair, safe to say that Branch Rickey, at the very least, was a forerunner of Sabermetrics, maybe even a founding father. But in my understanding, for people that know a lot more than me, and I obviously wasn't there uh, when this happened, but back in the 1940s, when, again, we had data and analytics, not to the level we do today, and Branch Rickey was one who embraced it, I've been I've heard, taught by historians, that if Branch Rickey wanted the best Negro League player, in other words, the one who would have ranked highest in the data and analytics of that day in the 1940s, he would not have chosen Jackie Robinson. But that's the man he chose, because Branch Rickey knew that to accomplish arguably maybe the most important feat in the history of Major League Baseball, it required more than what a stat sheet could tell you or even what a scout could tell you as it regards just raw talent. Math and science are very important. They're good. They're good in baseball. They're good in life. They're really important and good as we deal with the COVID-19 virus. But the virus and baseball and life are far more than math and science. There's story. There's poetry. And we always have to remember that all content has context. I've spoken to a lot of baseball players. There's three things that all of them have expressed to me. They want to have appreciation, communication, and participation. They want to know that you appreciate them as a person before a baseball player. They want you to communicate to them, to tell them what you know, what they do well, what they do poorly. And they want to participate in how to apply that communicated knowledge to them. They don't want to simply be told, you must do this or you must not do that. There needs to be interaction. There needs to be participation. And that shouldn't surprise us because it's not unique to baseball players. That's something we all want, I think, whatever it is that we do. I want to read the last paragraph of Douglas Jones' article, Reading Baseball. He writes this, No other team sport plays so dramatically with silence and stillness, explosiveness and bullet speeds, rhythm and rest. Each game of baseball is an epic novel, full of failure, tension, rest, build, crescendo, heartbreak, and triumph. To play is a delight not to be missed. 
but to be able to absorb all the parts of the story, especially over radio, is one of the reasons we were put on earth. That's a glorious paragraph, and it's one that demands that we unpack it. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 